What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are on the road. We are at the mark today here in Elkhorn, the future 50 with the Ward Academy. It's been just an incredible experience uh, to be a part of this with Hale Varsity. So many of the uh the the top prospects in the state of nebraska and surrounding area uh with us uh and we'll hear different interviews today from a lot of the 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 top juniors and seniors in the state of nebraska great kids Uh, they were educated on name image and likeness uh it's really cool just got done talking to to max butenbach Uh, he is a big time talent for lincoln southeast uh, great family, and uh, I, you know what? This guy may put a, a pile drive move on me uh, because uh, word got back to him that I've been bad mouthing him, and I don't know where that where where he gets that. But uh, Joel Macavica, Husker Hall of Fame fullback, Macavica Physical Therapy. I'm I'm introducing you, Macavica. You're coming in. You're coming in. You're kicking the show off. It's nice to see you. Uh, Joel Nakavica back with us again on Hale Varsity. And, bringing in the closer. Uh, oh, right away. It's what like is Mariano Rivera. See, Junior was a big Mariano fan, and then I showed him the Arizona footage of the World Series. Oh, it, it broke his heart. I'm kidding. Yeah. How the heck are you, man? I've been good, man. How about you? You, don't, uh, you, you seem like you're taking over media. Oh, you're, like, come on you're, you're this big conglomerate that, that you're doing so <laughs> many shows that you're taking over. No, but we've been good. We, um, Things are kind of hopefully getting back to normal now, and, and uh, we've been busy, and our, our business is good. So mm-hmm. we're excited to uh, be able to do things like this for, for the kids in the area. Well, it, it is cool, and uh, Makovica Physical Therapy, uh, one of the sponsors, obviously, uh, here uh, with the uh, Future 50, Steve Warner. Team 80 yours. Uh, we are excited to uh, just get you on and talk some ball, but uh-huh. also kind of your outreach here, Joel. I mean, it, it's uh, near and dear to your heart, giving back to kids, being a part of the community mm-hmm. uh, with, with, what, 19 locations now? Yeah, we have uh, 19 locations. Listen, we've, we've, uh, we've grown very fast, but it, w- it was kind of growth out of not hey, we're, we're sitting here planning growth or out of necessity. It was, it was growing out of finding areas that we thought were underserved and having great people come on board with us. And, and that's why I love, you know, athletics and, and supporting things like this so much because it teaches so many things in life. And, and that's where I, I kind of got my business acumen from is being around uh, great leaders from Coach Osborne and, and Coach Solich and, and 
uh, other coaches in the NFL and mm -hmm. learning how to build championship teams. And that's what we took to the business world of recruiting the best management team and letting them do their job and then recruiting the best, what we call players, is our professional staff. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's, it's helped us grow really fast. Joel Makovic is with us. Uh, you'll be able to see this interview him, uh, on StreamYard as well. Uh, Husker Hall of Fame fullback. What would Joel Makovic have endorsed during your era with name, oh. image, and likeness? You know what? We, would, would there have been a big old Mack truck on the back of your helmet? It. I'll tell you what. I thought about that, and the best thing about that is Nebraskans love their fullbacks. So I was we like, still do. Oh, I know, and I was like, man, why wasn't this NLA, NIL in place when I was there? But I think it would have to be the Mack truck. Um, also, could I do some some nice like swimwear to where I would could show off my abs when I was a fullback? <laughs> Jeez, you you know what? I'm sure this this goes back, and you you probably get this the old lagoon swim trunks. Yes, I would have <laughs> done that. Mike Vicka would have kept the lagoons brand alive. <laughs> there it was. But I'll tell you, and you probably talked about this. I, the scary part about the NIL things to me is how are they going to regulate? These well, it's it's, uh, it's unknown, it's taxable, and you, you better be listening to the right people, Well, cause, P period, because look, look at Bama, yeah. right? Seven figures. Yeah, and so, and that's that's type of the, the questions I ask, and you would know more about this because you probably talked about this, but let's, let's take, for example, a uh, Phil Knight out in Oregon, and he already did that to, and I can't remember the, the defensive ends or the linebackers. Yes, and I think it was like possible 450. Top, possible top pick overall, and yeah. he's going to have his own gear. Yes, and so like, what if what if a guy like Phil Knight says every year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earmark $50 million and say, you go out and sign 25 recruits, and I know we can't use it in recruiting, but the word is, is once you sign on the dotted line, I'm going to give each recruit $2 million to say, hey, you're going you're gonna to create some Nike gear for me. And people like that could do it. So how do you regulate that? Well, you get, a, you get, a, you get an internship with Warren Buffett if you're in a that is Exactly. And that's what I told people. I said, we could do it here if Warren Buffett would be a supporter of. Part like, of the touchdown club. <laughs> exactly. So maybe that's what we should maybe do. Maybe he go, is. Go, I don't know. Go, but, go recruit Warren. Yeah. War Uncle Warren. Yeah. <laughs> meet Uncle Phil. <laughs> yes. And there we go. Uh, Joel, you know, what do you think of the in-state talent, man? You follow recruiting. You, you, you love watching high school kids. You were a uh, tremendous high school talent and then obviously did really well at Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And this is this, this setup that Steve put together, Steve mm -hmm. Warren, is, is really awesome for a yeah. lot of the kids. Yeah, there's the media side of it. There's the NIL side of it. But above all, they get a chance to hang out, play mm -hmm. laser tag, and, and be be dudes with one yeah. another. It's just experiences for these guys. And, and they get to meet these guys that, that are going to be recruited to colleges. Some are rising juniors. Some are rising seniors. So they're all going to be recruited. They're going to go through the recruiting process. So, so they'll be able to get contact information, be able to talk and discuss um, recruiting visits, the whole process and then also the media attention is is an experience for these players to get them that that great experience in front of the media and, and you know like you said i know this isn't just kids from nebraska and it's kind of kids from the area but mm -hmm. nebraska's had you know starting to get a lot of talent there's you know and i and i look at this as there's a lot of guys that i played with that are having kids now that are that are in high school mm -hmm. already and and so there's there's a lot of talent um around this state and and i've always felt that this state you know, we don't have the population base, but there's all there's great talent now. There might, might not be the numbers, but this state is kind of a, a 
a state where where kids mature later and i really feel that as they mature a little later so they're raw when they get to college so you have to be able to understand hey there's a ceiling for this kid and, and the expectations and, and find those guys that you know you can create and this is what i said you have to do at nebraska take a two or three star guy and get him there develop him and say hey this guy could be really good and make him into a four or five star guy because we're not going to get 13 14 five star guys every year so we need we need to take those two and three star guys that that we see and we can project to develop them get them to nebraska or anywhere in the state i just i talk at as a nebraska um university of nebraska and make them into four and five star guys you look at uh you get a, a two or three star and you develop in develop them into a four or five star or you're what Bama's doing right now, yeah. you're getting four or five yes. and you're setting them out to uh, potential Pro Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's fair. But Nebraska really was so good at development. I look at what Iowa State's been doing. Correct. Coach Campbell's been doing that. And, and I think with, with Coach Frost in Nebraska, I think they'll have a really good chance. I'm excited to see the offensive line mm-hmm. this year because that's, that's uh, some younger guys that have been a part of the program for a while. You see some of the guys on the defensive side of the ball that, that played young last year, uh, Robinson and mm-hmm. Rogers specifically, uh, Daniels. Those guys have been been uh, continuing to elevate. So I think it's there. Let's go to Nebraska football. Mm-hmm. Incredible schedule. Great opportunity. Experienced quarterback. Man, it could be fun tomorrow. Of course, mm-hmm. Frost and company meet the media. Mm-hmm. We just got back from Indy yeah. with media yeah. days, which was which was a lot of fun to, to do that. And, and I think... You know, Nebraska's under the radar, and they're they're really not thought that highly of. Yeah, they could, but there's not a there's not an expectation. There's yeah. almost an off the radar and I think aspect of them. And I think that's good for them right now. And 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 don't you feel? And you were there, the Big Ten uh, media day. I feel there's kind of a quiet confidence with them well, right now. I think now. with the team and the coach. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I think that means they're comfortable. They're comfortable getting the culture where they want to be. And I think there's a quiet confidence because I think it's kind of like walk softly and carry a big stick. And sometimes <laughs> the, the quiet confidence, I like that. And early in his years, he was kind of, you know, not as quiet about it And because I think he, you know, knew the culture wasn't there and he was trying to bring his guys along and, and exude this confidence. And now the coaching staff doesn't have to do that or the, or the older players because I think there's this quiet confidence with, with the whole team. And, and you're, you hit on it. I think if you look at this roster, I think where you can see the most improvement is our offense and defensive line. I think physically the development ha- has been there and, and it'll be interesting to see. Now I think there's some skill positions that uh, – need to step up this year at receiver and the running back spot but we have some you know some older guys in the secondary that were able to come back and so you know there are very good parts to this team and and i think the coaches especially coach frost have the culture where he believes it needs to be at nebraska and and he's going to keep building that but it, it is a place where he's comfortable with right now and and again you said this adrian martinez is is it's going to be a huge key factor for him to a a stay healthy mm-hmm. and b he's got to play better and quarterbacks run the show in college football now and and if he could play like a star there's no telling what this nebraska team can do and and coach frost sat down with this and, and said that like he's got the ability to be the player of the year mm-hmm. totally does just take care of the football but i think the biggest thing with him is to stay healthy mm-hmm. because i think that's your domino because if he's not healthy 
then he's probably forcing it, trying to do too much. I think, Joel, you guys had so much talent on the line mm-hmm. and around already really good quarterbacks. Yes, correct. And I think I think just with the upgrade in size, mm-hmm. a receiver, and then you got to pick the right running back. You've got choices. Mm-hmm. Pick the right running back early in the season. Uh, let him earn that spot. I think you got a lot of ability to delegate versus having to force it yeah. all the time and, if you're Adrian. And like you said, it starts with the offensive line. If they can protect him and he understands that, it, that they can give him a pocket or give the running backs running lanes, I think that settles him down. I think that, that makes him play up to the level he's capable of is, is because I think if he feels like he doesn't have that confidence in them, then he's running around trying to do too much, mm-hmm. get rid of the ball too quickly, things like that. So I, I think it starts with the offensive line. And if we can protect him, uh, I, I think he has a good year this year. Joel McAvicka is with us. Hail Varsity Radio, the Future 50. Warren Academy putting this on. Uh, a ton of prospects you'll hear from. We'll post on social media. Brad Edwards, college football insider. His take on Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. And, Joel, I got a couple of minutes here. We'll, yeah. let, we'll let you get out. And thanks for jumping by. And if there was some offense taken to my jabbing, uh, <laughs> it was done with love. I get it, man. I mean, uh, how could I be mad at the best the best voice in radio right you now? Are, uh, the, the, the check keeps coming to McAvick. I'm just going to keep, <laughs> keep handing it that way. Uh, your take here, a lot's happened. Mm-hmm. Tre- I got a, Trev, uh, now the AD, I love the moose, but I think Trev's mm-hmm. a good thing. What's your take? You know what I do? I do think it's a good thing, and um, I'm I'm a culture guy. I'm a former Nebraska guy. That's who I want um, in this program, and I think Trev did it right as far as hey, he was an AD at a smaller. Uh, division college here in mm-hmm. nebraska and then took him to division one i know there's some things that people are still a little bit lack of a better term upset with him about pissed. what he did yeah, pissed at him but i think it was more kind of the way it went down instead of what he actually did but um you know trev's a smart guy i think he's going to do a great job he understands it and i really i love what he said at, at the big 10 media mm-hmm. days is he never talked about wins and losses and that he talked about meeting with the coaching staff and, and everybody he talks about his expectations of doing the little things and having a process and focusing on the process and then you will get to where you need to get so to me listen i think it's a great hire uh, but I'm, I'm one of those guys that i like people that have been around the nebraska football co- and i'll say football culture but all of all of our sports in the in the 80s and 90s when when we were at the top of everything and um, it's kind of like, like I said, when, when we built our business, that's what you wanted to do, and I think he has that in him. Okay, two minutes. Frank Solich, mm-hmm. do they bring Frank back for the opener? You know what? I hope they do. I don't know if Coach Solich will necessarily want to do that. I think I, Coach has never been a guy that it's, it's about him, and so I think he won't want to do that, but I hope they do. He, this is a guy that gave um, – everything to the to the university of nebraska program he played here he coached here and listen i tell the guys all the time that ask me about frank is when i went to the combine and i had uh individual meetings with coaches they all said hey we know you can play we know you were coached by the best running back coach in the country and that was frank solich and that's that's how they thought of this guy and frank gave a lot to the university so uh i know everybody would embrace him back with open arms but um i don't know if if Frank, eventually he will. I just don't know if it's 
it's the opening mm-hmm. game and it, he wants it about him. Listen, this is a tough thing for him, you know, and, and, and to do what he's done for so long and then to walk away so suddenly and, and for why he did, it, it's, it's, it's tough for him. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got to heal from that. Sure. Joel Makovic is with us, Sale Varsity Radio Roadshow, the Future 50, Warren Academy, and uh, the top prospects in the state of Nebraska here. We'll hear from them. Greg Smith on the way, Brad Edwards on the way, uh, Joel Makovic, Husker Hall of Famer. Appreciate it, my man. we got to give the ball to the fullback. <laughs> we, Love we, it. We, we did that today. And, uh, hey, we'll, uh, we'll have to sneak you back in mm-hmm. at some point before kickoff actually happens. Let's do it. To get a beer in the rail yard. I, I like that. And you're going to have to dust off those golf clubs because I know they've not been used all summer. I've, I've seen you golf, and you're too good Oh, dude, to I'm golf awful. against me. I lose five grand to my mom. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can lose five grand to your mom, I need to get into radio. <laughs> well, well, it's an IOU. It's as good as mine. Okay, got it. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll spend some time with Greg Smith on the way it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Hey, we're back here at Hale Varsity, the Future 50 Warren Academy going on, and we have had a number of in-state prospects uh, come on by the uh, Hale Varsity table. We say hi to Greg Smith, who was an incredible option quarterback. <laughs> In high school, that is that is true. You Thank told you me that you played. Yeah. On, you were a point guard and an option quarterback. I get better. The funny thing is, I you get, get better. better with age. Yeah, every year somehow <laughs> I've, I've gotten better as an option quarterback. I don't know how that happens. Weird. Shout so out to my coach. Were you were you uh, just tight with the fullback and and gave him the the dive read more times than not, or were you just a guy that? I'm going to keep this around the end, Tommy Frazier style, I mean, man. you're smiling because you know I was definitely trying to keep that thing around the end. We had a good fullback, too, so that's probably my bad. Uh, but I did like keeping it around there and seeing what I could pick up. Well, some of us at the table didn't do high school football because we sucked. Others <laughs> ran the option. But imagine having this when we were going to school, what yeah. Steve Warren and the Warren Academies have done and, of course, Soldier Sports. And what a setup here for – I mean, so many of of the well, the the future fifty here. I mean, it's been really cool. Yeah, it's it's a really neat event because yeah, you're right, you're right. I can't imagine having something like this when we were in school. Just to even to be able to come out and you know talk to you or to be on the radio to talk to the different media outlets that are here. Like it's a really neat to be able to practice that, but then also have some of your pictures taken. You know, they love that. Um, what high school kid doesn't? Um, and then the educational piece with the NIL um, presentation that Open Doors put on. Like, there's just been a a lot of really cool stuff, and, and it's really great value um, it, for Warren Academy for Soldier Sports, um, and especially because it's free for the family, right? Mm-hmm. And so that makes it even better. Um, I think that this is going to be the first of many years that you see this event happen. Well, and and what a job Steve Warren's done because, I mean, Steve's always looking out for for kids, and he's been training kids, obviously, but this is just another service, quite yeah. frankly, with with the media session and. And also the NIL stuff, so that's that's really cool. Number of kids here, Greg, and I know you've talked to some, we've talked to some, but 
who are some of the kids on your radar that you're watching this 2021 season? Yeah, I think that maybe the very first kid that I talked to today, Maverick Noonan out of Elkhorn South, uh, is a kid. He's not a 2022 kid. He's a 2023 uh, prospect. Uh, but really watching him closely to see if he kind of takes that next step in his development that everybody is expecting from him. I expect him to take that next step. Um, Tyson Money, wide receiver out of Papillion West South, is, a, is another kid that I'm watching closely. Um, the Bellevue West contingent was here. Sure. <laughs> um, so watching those kids, you know, Riley Ducker um, and those guys getting to see Caden Helms, uh, Davon Hall, who's also here, um, and seeing Davon Hall kind of make that next jump, as you know, Huffman's been telling us all for the last year or so that he's the next one up mm-hmm. as I see him walking this way. Um, he's an impressive-looking prospect uh, coming through. I think he'll be the next big name in the state. No, uh, a lot of talent with Coach Huffman's crew, and Greg Smith is with us, HaleVarsity.com uh, magazine, and find him on Twitter at GregSmithHV. With uh, with these prospects, you have, a, I mean, you have your kids that, that have already accepted some offers. You've got a number of kids that have Ivy League offers, which yeah. is really cool. And then you have the kid, we think you're fantastic, but COVID's COVID and I need senior film. Yep. You, you've, you've had programs in the past that have waited and been patient with senior film. And, and I think back to a guy like uh, Kenny Bell or Quincy Inunua that had a killer senior film, Nebraska nailed with the recruitment, and we, we know the rest is history, a couple of NFL guys. But that'd be so hard for these kids to be patient uh, with the, the senior film part, but that's the reality they're in. Yeah, it absolutely is, and I think that they they realize that that's the reality, but at the same time, I think the, one of the, the best things or the really a big thing kind of pushing them forward is that they did get to have those camps this offseason, right? And I think mm-hmm. almost every kid that I talked to referenced being able to get out there, and I talked to a, a couple of kids that said they went to six, seven camps. Yeah, I mean, um, like throughout the whole this month, month of June. Yeah, the whole month of June, all I basically did was go to camps, but that's because they couldn't do anything that previous year, and they don't want to just have to rely on that senior film. Yeah, think about it. There are kids that are here that college coaches hadn't seen in person in over a year, right? You know what happens to high school kids mm-hmm. and, and um, at this stage of their life. They're getting bigger, right? There's kids that have changed a lot sure. since coaches last got eyes on them. Um, so it, it was good that they got that opportunity. Um, but the senior film is going to just be huge for a lot of these guys. I feel like a, a couple of kids definitely said, you know, I've talked to this school, I've talked to that school. They just want to see senior film to see how it all comes together. And that's going to be like that around the country. Well, you look at a guy like Vincent Genitone, uh, North Platte, he he's a guy that we spent some time with and we'll hear from. I mean, he hit Cal. He hit, uh, you know, Washington State, Nebraska. I mean, he's been to a, to a large part of the western region of the U.S. And, I mean, really good ball player, really good ball player uh, with his, his speed and kind of that triple threat ability with wrestling and track and, and of course, um, the football side, and you know, Nebraska's kind of looking at him. When you kind of see uh, Vince's film and, and also projection here, that's another talented in-skate kid that we got to keep our eye on. Yeah, he, he definitely is, and he's a kid that's kind of getting the double whammy in a bad way here. He's getting what you said about the senior film was that lack of evaluation, um, but then also he's kind of, for Nebraska's purposes, in the numbers crunch, right, with Nebraska mm-hmm. not having that many spots. Um, and I think that if you had a full class, I really think that he'd already be in Nebraska's class. If they had, it could take 25 this year. They just can't, probably limited to 14, and so we're just going to have to wait and see with Vince. But I think that he's a kid um, – 
um, that could play safety or linebacker at the next level. He could kind of be that hybrid. He's just a super athlete, and I think that you're going to get to see a lot of good stuff out of him in his senior season. Something I've noticed here, there, there's a lot of kids here at the uh, Future 50 with the Warren Academy that are outside backers or that are safety slash outside backers, that, that hybrid. Mm-hmm. The pendulum has now swung back from the slot hybrid receiver, right. the big body basketball guy, too. There's a lot of kids on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, there definitely are. Like, I feel like those two, and, and still some of those tight ends, because yeah. kind of a similar body type in a way for the, if, you're, if they're going to play hybrid outside linebacker. But it just seems like this state and this region is just chock full of those guys right now, um, which is both good and bad. You can only take so many. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a really good thing. And it does seem like you saw a swing, and especially coming here in the future with those guys that are playing on the defensive side of the ball, but I also think it's because colleges, and it started kind of in the NFL, but colleges specifically are finding ways to utilize those guys that can play those hybrid roles. You can play in a number of defenses and a number of roles. Nebraska has that role mm-hmm. in a couple different ways in their defense between what they're doing with JoJo um, and then guys like Isaac Gifford and Javen Wright and others coming after that. Um, it's an exciting time for those types of guys. Well, and it, it's, a, it's an equalizer on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball where you can get a guy that can get after the quarterback that is big and physical against the run and is athletic enough to cover. And uh, there's a lot of kids that have done that. Offensive line, there's been a number of kids that uh, have come through here that really uh, have gone hard to work with their, their footwork. But there's a lot of big kids that they said, you know what, I've really hit a growth spurt or two. And I think that's something you're seeing here with with the in-state talent, Greg, where you've got some late bloomers, but man, they've, they've bloomed pretty. Uh, with uh, with that late growth spurt. Yeah, and what you've seen is a lot of kids would like even to with that attention to the footwork, right? I think that something that I'm not sure that when we were in high school, I maybe I don't want to you know, put left, down my offensive I, I, I've got, I've got two left school, feet, Greg. Yeah, so. I don't remember them saying, you know what I've been doing this summer. I've been working on jumping rope because I want to get better yeah. with my first step. Like you just, I like the, I just, I'm always impressed at how young of an age kids are really tuned into their training and how they can find small ways to get better that add up to big things on mm-hmm. the football field. Like I've, I've been really impressed with that with some of the linemen we've talked to. Greg Smith is with us. A few minutes uh, here. Hale Varsity Radio, the Future 50 with the Warren Academy. A number of kids that uh, have had a chance to, to kind of showcase their talent throughout the summer. They're working on those offers, putting out that senior film. Greg, want to shift gears to, to tomorrow. It's uh, media day. We were just at Big Ten media days. Now we're, we're back to Nebraska media day. And a thought uh, from you here as we look towards 2021, we know that uh, the expectations, the buzz is a little more muted this season. But it sounds like that there's a there's a number of Nebraska guys that are that are really fired up to go have. Uh, kind of a breakthrough season. Nebraska could do it this year. Yeah, they definitely could. I, I still maintain that the talent is there for Nebraska to be able to do that. They just need to put it all together and show that they can stay um, locked in and concentrated through entire stretches of time, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that begins with fall camp. I think that that's where um, starting off the season with that conference game, I think is a real positive actually for this team. Feels a little weird, but it ends up being a positive because there's no way to have a week of fall camp where if people 
people are just disconnected and not really into it. If you know you've got a conference opponent, and oh, by the way, that conference opponent beat you last year, mm -hmm. they're not going to probably pub publicly talk about that revenge factor, but you know it's there and it's in their minds. Um, so I, I think that it'll definitely be an interesting season. I think that starting with Big Ten Media Days, you heard that a lot of guys are locked in, um, and that seems to be more player-led, and I think that that's definitely something to look for. No, and do you just get the sense, too, with some of the players that, that have already spoken and we'll hear from tomorrow that there is some true ownership mm -hmm. that's been not just given but earned from coaches to players now? Yeah, I definitely think that. And I think that what you also have with that is more guys that are willing to take that on, right? And so now it's not just, okay, here comes the one, maybe two guys um, that are that taking ownership of this thing and that are really going to hold us accountable. But basically every position group has that guy now, right, that you can look to that will really hold people's feet to the fire. And I think that that's really important as you really try to have that culture set in that it can't be like this anymore mm -hmm. because that's really the end result. You heard that from Austin Allen. You'll probably hear it again tomorrow when we talk to guys is is this is not what I want my legacy at Nebraska to be. Um, it's this brand of football, so we've got to come together and figure out a way to be better. It's Greg Smith with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, the Future 50 and uh, Warren Academy along with Soldiers Sports, Makovica Physical Therapy. We're out here a road show Wednesday. Greg, uh, I know you've been busy. What can folks look forward to seeing and, and reading from you as you also had a chance to talk to a lot of recruits and, and, and prep uh, standouts? Yeah, I'll be gathering up some of the intel and, and talk that I had uh, here today and kind of putting different things together. One of the things that really interested me today um, that I'll probably run maybe tomorrow and the next day is just about the NIL presentation that these guys got. And the thing that surprised me was how many parents were over there in that mm -hmm. thing and you know it, it kind of hit me as I'm sitting there is you know we talk so much about how this impacts student athletes the parents don't know what's really happening either they're confused too and that's not a bad thing like they're just confused it's new mm -hmm. um, so talk to some of those folks I'm really interested in putting all of that together and seeing where it lands Greg good to see you man appreciate you jumping on yeah thanks for having me man Good stuff with uh, Greg Smith at Tail Varsity Radio. We are here at the Future 50 Warren Academy. Uh, good stuff from Joel Makovica, the man. Steve Ward is coming up as uh, we uh, roll forward here, hour one. Plenty of prospects to uh, hear from Noah Walters, Lincoln East. Uh, love watching him play ball just down the road from us uh, uh, at uh, Seacrest. And, and what a senior season he's in store for. Davon Hall, super talented wideout from Bell West and so many other prospects. All the videos will be posted. Greg Smith with his recruiting. Steve Warren next on Hale Varsity. And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out at Hale Varsity Radio. The future 50 is uh, we're on the road here. The Warren Academy and a ton of top prospects. Uh, we'll hear from Max Butenbach coming up. Lincoln Southeast, Noah Walters, Lincoln East, uh, Davon Hall, and then a number of kids from around the region, a lot of uh, Papio, Millard South, Millard West, the Metro, the man to my right, doing an amazing job of training and mentoring Steve Warren, Warren Academy, uh, and the Dream Foundation with us. Steve, it's good to see you again. We had a chance hey. to chat Friday. Now we got you on video, bud. Yeah, I like smile, it. Smile loud like and proud. And, camera, right? Hey, what a day for you. What a day for the kids you work with and uh, take a deep breath, man. Well done. Thank you. Appreciate you guys for coming. No, it's all good. Appreciate you guys for coming. I, it was 
it was good to get everybody out. And I know we've talked a few times, but it's all been through phone and sure. everything else. So it's good to, to sit here next to you and get an interview in. And no, it's all good. Appreciate and these kids and you guys coming out. No, it's all good. Last time we got to, to sit down together, we were in Boulder and things were all good until yeah. <laughs> until halftime. Uh, so, listen, uh, you know, Steve, kind of touch on what, what today meant for you and, and what you wanted to kind of provide to the kids with um, with not only the media session but the NIL aspect of things because talking with as many kids as we did and thanks for, for the access they uh, they were really intrigued by all right what this new world looks like in college football I, I think for me it was it was success just because we were able to provide those kids with that information uh, what's it what's the next step for for an athlete that's now in this NIL world that we live in like how do they build their brand how do they get themselves out there? Are they doing the right things? The big thing is the parents wanted to know, you know, what information are they supposed to be looking for? And does it affect high school kids? Does it not? So um, for me, it was a success just because we were able to offer something that was valuable, uh, that was different. Um, and we had a good turnout. Um, I, I was very pleased with the event. Steve Warren's with us, uh, the Warren Academy uh, and the Dream Foundation, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow, the Future 50. And... Steve, there's a lot of kids you train, you work with, you get to see every day, and, and you're, you're a voice of, of reason when they reach out to you. And how, how as a whole, have you seen this recruiting process be good or be overwhelming? You've, you've seen it's different per, per case. With the one thing kids. I always asked the high-level kids that have been recruited for a year or two years now, and they've been on the whole invite circuit, and they've done the unofficial and the official, and all the camps were you ready to commit when you committed and overwhelmingly everybody was like i was i was over it like i was just ready to get it done and then there's the group that's still wanting the bigger offer Mm -hmm. that have to go through week three or week four of their season and hope that somebody pulls the trigger so there's still that group that's still trying to get the power five offer or the fbs offer Mm -hmm. that is an fcs offer kid right now so it's it's just interesting everybody's walk is different um there's the younger kids, the Davon Halls, the Daniel Kalins that are 2024s that are just getting into this world mm-hmm. and really starting to pick up offers. And then you have the 23s that are, you know, hoping to get more exposure. So for them, I think it was valuable because they're the, probably the most important group out of the bunch. Uh, the 22s are pretty much almost done. They're, they're mm-hmm. at the finish line. But um, it's, it's just different for every kid. And we just want to be there to help them out and, and give them any advice or guidance that we can. Steve Warren's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, the Warren Academy, and the Dream Foundation here, the Future 50. So you, we look at uh, this this new world of college football. <laughs> we were talking <laughs> conference realignment on Monday, yeah. and, and now you've got kids that could be going to a Big Ten school one day, yeah. or, okay, I'm going <laughs> to the Big 12, and tomorrow it's, yeah. it's the SEC. But what, what this speaks to is just the, the level of talent in state yeah. and, and how there are no borders anymore. What, what's kind of been the biggest wow factor to you about how, how infiltrated? And I never thought, I mean, I grew up here. Yeah. I never thought I'd see the amount of, of high-level schools come in. And they are. They're camping out. At, at, yeah. They're camping out. They're camping out to get Nebraska talent. And they're coming in and they're pulling it out. Um, so the borders are not closed right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an open, open range out there for colleges that want to come in and, and get kids. And every level, um, we mentioned it earlier, Coach Bowl at Wyoming, 
is heavily involved with a lot yeah. of these kids right now, and, and a lot of them are looking seriously. Sure, and, and Craig, you know, I think back to, oh, uh, you know, Craig, Craig has done really well wherever he's been, yeah. incredible head coach, and Wyoming's right up there, and, and he's, he's a young, young 63 is yeah. what I'm going to say, and I know he was there with you. Yes, yep. and, he but he, he did incredible things at North Dakota State, mm-hmm. and, then, and then obviously went to, to Wyoming, but Bowles there, Iowa, Matt Campbell in Iowa State, and Kirk Ferentz in State. Iowa. In Kansas State. Kansas State, Climate. they're all heavily in there. Yeah, so Kansas State today, they, we had two guys. Yeah. Two, two commits, Iowa State commit, uh, a couple other that are looking heavily at Iowa State. Um, so the, it's not it's not a Nebraska region anymore, right? There's mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma kid, right? And there's multiple kids that might end up at Oklahoma, and it's SEC, Big Ten, Mountain West. Like every conference in the country is recruiting here. What do kids look for? Is it is it just I want to go win, or I want to go be in a fun offense or a defense? Is it fit or or winning percentage? I think that goes back to each kid too. Like most kids, most kids that 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 I that I've talked to. Winning has been a priority, but it hasn't been the main thing. Um, <laughs> it's kind of weird now, right? Like, for me, it was all about winning. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care about anything else. Like, winning. Like, school is school, right? For me, like, I want to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for <laughs> all these kids, school. All these, <laughs> yeah, that was my approach. Like, uh, <laughs> I can get school anywhere. <laughs> I can't win everywhere, right? So, uh, but so most kids, most kids now, it's it's different. Each kid is looking for something different. Some kids are looking for now those big schools are like who's doing well with NIL, like what conference am I going to play in? Like the SEC, if, if people might hate this, but football kids want to play in the SEC. Mm-hmm. They're sending the most kids to the NFL, the most first rounders. Kids want to play across the country. Kids want to play in the SEC. So that's why we see this realignment happening right now because. Sure. Oklahoma couldn't get those five-star they kids. They were right there. They were right there, they but they weren't But they weren't. They were right there, but they were. The kid was like, "Well, I can go to Auburn. I can go to Alabama. I can go to A and M and play in the SEC." So now Oklahoma's now an SEC school. Mm-hmm. Maybe we, you know, how that goes, but should be, yeah. should be. But that's why that move. We're seeing that move. So each kid is different. Every one of them now. It's not so much about winning anymore. It's really about perception and um you know a lot of it is fluff too you know it's like who's marketing the best and who's marketing the players the best what's your take on on iowa i mean iowa has has a history of coming into some of the smaller towns in nebraska and and winning and taking kids that nebraska wanted to walk on but they also have have really hit well in the metro yeah and they're, they're not stopping and by the way they've been winning yeah, at a high level, that, and that helps. And they're close to home, mm-hmm. right? So that that's also a big thing too. I think if most kids can stay close to home and win and compete, sure, that that's always somebody you're going to look at, right? If they're competing and they're in the championship hunt, whether it's conference or national championship, mm-hmm. and I was somehow always in that talk. Sure, most years they're competing they're, for the know, West. Leicester wasn't the best, but they're competing for to to be in that hunt to win a conference championship. So. That makes a big difference, and I was kind of old school, and I think they do a good job of knowing the type of kid that'll come there too. Mm-hmm. Like, so most of the kids that Iowa recruits, they have a certain background mm-hmm. or demeanor to them. It's not really the flashy kid. Steve Warren, Warren Academy, brother, this was awesome. Congrats Thank you. on your day. I appreciate you guys coming out. All right, we'll wind down hour one. Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this first hour, Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. More on conference realignment and the college football season. Brad Edwards with us, uh, ESPN College Football Insider. Next hour, we'll hear from some of the kids we spoke with. Uh, some of the top prospects, the future 50 that Steve Warren put on. Big thanks to Steve Warren and Greg Smith and, and Joel Makovica, our favorite fullback, man, uh, kicking off the hour. Elijah, been a whirlwind day, and we got uh, another hour left and some pretty good prospects that took a few minutes out with us uh, next hour. Yeah, the, the talent coming up in Nebraska. I mean, we talk so much about where the talent's at now, but the, the talent coming down the road, and you look at uh, Daniel Kalen, uh, we sat down with uh, with Davon Hall, and you look at those guys coming up, and you go, okay, the the future of Nebraska high school football and recruiting is still in good hands. Uh, there's just some some great talent still coming up, and not just from those big class A schools. No, and uh, you know what? There's uh, there's an eight man player we talked to that uh, can can play some ball. We we talked to Genitone from North Platte. Uh, that will be posted and available. And uh, you'll hear that. And then the, the Metro is really good. I mean, the West Side contingent, a lot of West Side kids. And then uh, Hunter Deo uh, is uh, one player that I know he's been working out with, with uh, Steve Warren for a while. But Hunter is just a, a kind of a wow. And he looks like a dude. Doesn't he look like a throwback defensive lineman? <laughs> I mean, he looks ready to go rip your head off if you're, if you're a, a ball carrier and He's off to, to Iowa State, which is super impressive. So, I mean, uh, a lot more to get to here in hour two. Go ahead. Yeah, when you look at Hunter Deo, I mean, the dude's built like a brick porta potty. Uh, Self censor there. I mean, thank he's, you for the edit. He's squatting like six hundred pounds, <laughs> deadlifting like six hundred pounds, um, and uh, and Iowa State's got a good one in Hunter Deo, uh, and that's not even whenever you account for the just the beautiful head of hair the man's got. Well, he's got the hair, he's got the beard. I mean, he's totally locked into it. I want to remind you about uh, your friends at West Blue Realty. So uh, they specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. They'll help you make that next move, and maybe the time is now to try and sell that house. Maybe it's just too good a too good a number to pass up. Maybe you're looking for that next house, and uh, there's scarcity, clearly, and you know what, West Blue Realty will make, you, uh, make it a priority to find you that house you're looking for. Two names to know, Tom Luby, Kelly Hofschneider, they're outstanding. Give Tom a shout at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider, 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, westbluerealty.com. And uh, find them, 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in Lincoln. So uh, we are loaded up. Uh, Jack Kirkwood, a name to think about. Uh, middle linebacker for Creighton Prep. He is also a guy that can play tight end. Uh, we'll hear from him. And uh, a lot of Brad Edwards on the way. I'll be interested to get his take knowing the SEC like he does. Just what what he thinks the pecking order will be. Where does Kansas, where does Texas and Oklahoma fall? in that, uh, that power ranking as they get ready to make the move to, uh, to, big, to the SEC and, and, and get that big TV money. 
Well, can give us a shout. Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Email chris at hailvarsity.com. Or uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Welcome radio. Welcome to Hale Radio. Brad the Edwards, next hour show. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back at it, Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are at the Future 50, and uh, really cool stuff. We'll hear from a, a couple of prospects uh, in the uh, the high school ranks in the great state of Nebraska. Coming up here, good stuff from Steve Warren, Joel McAvicka, and uh, Greg Smith. We are going to talk some college football. We welcome in college football insider and author, uh, we say hi to Brad Edwards at J Brad Edwards on Twitter. Brad, uh, how's your Wednesday going? What's new, man? Um, I have been uh, so busy the last couple of weeks. I don't, I don't know if you've seen on social media, but uh, I've been putting out a series of videos um, on Alabama football. Kind of, I started with 50 days till the season opener, and I've been doing one every day, and I'll continue to all the way till the day before the first game and it is uh it's a lot of work uh, putting these together and they're essentially <laughs> trivia questions and uh, so I'll, I'll ask the, the question early in the video and then I'll give the answer uh, before it's over and uh, it's, it's fun you know engages people but um but but man it's a different type of work than what I used to do in July no no worries the countdown to kickoff man is is upon us here we're we're under 33 days. I mean, I think we're a month out right on from when Nebraska kicks off against Illinois. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, let's uh, let's rattle some cages, Brad, with uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Had you heard any murmurs, any rumors about this, or were you shocked when uh, when Oklahoma and Texas said, hey, love you, sorry, see you, Big 12? Yeah. I was shocked, and my, my first thought was not that it's a joke, but that there's no way it's actually going to happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the idea that Oklahoma and Texas would want to go to the SEC or that the SEC would be interested in having them, those weren't surprising. But for, for everything to be able to, to, to be put together and uh, not, you know, be in violation of any contracts or, or you know, obviously not – get stopped by somebody's state legislature or anything like that that was the part that uh, as the you know report started to come in the next day or two and we started to understand that this this was real uh, like this was probably going to happen i was like wow uh you know so and, and i i guess my reaction is is that it's something that it, it required a confluence of events and you know i think it kind of started with covid uh in that you know all of these athletic departments lost so much money last year you know that that money became a bigger deal because they all took a major hit to the budget and it's not the type of thing that you you get back by just going out and playing a normal season in 2021 um you know just it's going to take a while to dig out of this hole without an influx of cash and of course the other thing uh kind of along with that was this name image and likeness stuff where 
you know, I'm not sure that it necessarily is a setback to football, but you get into some of the non-revenue sports and, you know, maybe some of the people who have, you know, given money or, or sponsored non-revenue sports um, in, in recent years are going to turn and they're going to, you know, they're going to sponsor athletes instead of the teams. And so in one way or another, you know, the name, image, and likeness stuff is going to cost athletic departments money. And, uh, and I, I think that was something that they recognized, too, is that we need more cash in order to kind of, you know, make up for this, uh, this deficit. And then, you know, the, the other piece of this, which, which is obviously still, you know, kind of in, in limbo, is this 12-team playoff idea. And if there is a 12-team playoff, that's something that would make this, um, I don't know, a lot more friendly uh, to Oklahoma and Texas in that, you know, there, there's a format where six teams that are not conference champions would get into the playoff. So it's not like you've got to win the SEC when you go join it um, in order to have a chance to play for the national title. Uh, and I think everyone agrees that if the conference ends up being constituted that way and there's six at-large spots, uh, the SEC could easily get four of them in a given year. And so – I think those three things combined kind of made it the, the perfect storm for something like this to happen. Now we just have to wait and see, you know, what does happen with that 12-team playoff and, and, you know, does it end up uh, coming to fruition as, as had been reported in previous months. What have you heard or, or felt from uh, friends around the SEC about A&M's reaction? You know, that that's a, a great question. I have not talked – to, I have a good bit of family um, that went to A&M, and I have not asked um, any of them yet what their thoughts are. I did talk to my, my brother the day that it happened, and he was kind of wasn't really sure what to make of it. He was kind of like me. He didn't think that it actually would, you know, would come to be, and so I don't think he was all that concerned about it at the time. You know, I think right now A&M people, um, you know, on one hand are excited about you know, the direction their program is, is headed, and they have a feeling that, hey, you know, they're as good as anyone right now. They're better than Texas right now. So what do we really have to be afraid of? But I also think in the back of their minds, you know, they, they realize that they've had a little bit of an advantage for once over Texas in, in recent years and that they have this, this SEC draw uh, for, for certain recruits in the state um, to get a chance to play in that league instead of the Big 12. And you know, that's going to go away. And so, you know, you wonder, is this something that's just going to vault Texas right above A&M? Um, you know, what impact is it going to have on others? I mean, w- one of the schools that I'm a little surprised wasn't against this is LSU. Because LSU, just, mm-hmm. just being where it is geographically, you know, has had success going in, especially into the Houston area, and grabbing players. Um, and it's the same type of thing, which is that you can come play in the SEC and um, – you know, I just I think with Texas joining the league, it's going to be harder for everyone in the SEC, not just A and M, to get the best players out of Texas. So uh, we'll we'll see. I think it's going to have a, it's going to have a, an impact on a lot of teams. Brad Edwards with us, College Football Insider, Hale Varsity Radio. We are on the road here, the Future Fifty, with the uh, Steve Warren and Warren Academy. Here, uh, we will check in, Brad, on. The rest of college football now here, are you worried about uh, the, the sport with this move? Are you worried about 
uh, what happens with uh, is it going to be just one big league or is the SEC done for now with just two additions here? Let's big picture this thing with the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC, Notre Dame. What's the fallout here after uh, phone calls are made, interviews are conducted, and the response happens with another Power Five league? Yeah, I, I'm not saying I don't think anything else is going to happen because I think more than likely stuff will. And I think especially with the remaining schools in the Big 12, they, they can't stay put. Uh, they're, they're either going to have to join someone else or you know bring someone else to join. I guess either way, it, you know, <laughs> it's, it's one or the other. But um, aside from that, you know, when, you, when you start looking at the you know, possible domino effect, first of all, this whole idea of 16-team super conferences becoming the thing, you know, where there would be four 16-team leagues, that that was real popular, like, I don't know, what, eight, nine, ten years ago that, you know, everyone thought that's the direction the sport was heading. It didn't make sense then, and it still doesn't make sense now. Like 16 is some magic number. Uh, increasing the size of your conference only makes sense if you can add teams uh, that are going to create more value per team. Not create more value overall for the conference, but create enough extra value that every team in the league is making more money by having them in there. And there are only a few schools, you know, outside of the SEC that have that type of value, and they it looks like they're grabbing two of them. All right, and then most of the rest of them are in the Big Ten. And so, you know, outside of what's currently in the Big Ten – or the SEC, or Oklahoma, or Texas. I mean, you're looking at uh, Notre Dame and, and USC might be the only two that, that are actually gettable. I mean, you've got the ACC. I mean, I would argue there's no one in the ACC has that kind of value anyway. Um, even Clemson, where their program is right now, doesn't have that kind of value. Um, but even if it did, they have a grant of rights going into the, you know, into the 30s. So... It's really just Notre Dame and USC, and you would think that if Notre Dame were to join a conference, and I don't, you know, I'm not hearing anything that would suggest that they're interested in doing so, uh, it would be the ACC because that's where all their other sports are, and and then USC, why would why would they leave the Pac-12 on their own? I, I just and and I don't, I even you know heard rumors. Okay, the Big Ten might go after you know half the Pac-12. Why? I mean, USC is worth a lot, but the rest of them aren't worth enough, you know, for that to be a deal worth doing. So I, I think there's going to be some, you know, some significant movement uh, among, you know, whether it's the rest of the Big 12, the American, maybe there's something going on with the Pac-12. But as far as other major pieces being moved, I, I really don't see anything other than, than Oklahoma and Texas. Brad Edwards is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brad, you hit on something a little bit right there at the end. You said you're expecting a lot of movement from uh, what's left of the Big 12. So I want to ask what you think happens to the Big 12 because, I mean, there's been talk of maybe the Big 10 goes and gets Kansas for the basketball program. But do you think that the Big 12 will be able to stay together and, and still be a conference come five years from now? I don't. Um, now, I mean, the only way it would it would stay the Big 12 and keep that name would be if it were to add, you know, two to four schools from elsewhere. And, uh, you know, I just I think there's a better chance that some existing conference is going to incorporate, you know, the Big 12 into its structure. And, and I don't know whether that's something that would be worked out where, yeah, look, maybe there could be some sort of partnership with the 
with the Pac-12 where you know where they've got divisions, but even that it, it really it really doesn't make sense. What, why would you have a, a conference stretching from um, from you know from California all the way over to? I mean, I mean, I guess West Virginia, but you know, I mean, forget even if we forget West Virginia, I mean, you know, Iowa, like it, it just it, it it doesn't work. And you know, I, I think what makes a heck of a lot more sense. And um, I know this is not what any of those Big 12 schools want, but what makes more sense is for them to align um, with probably the American, to tell you the truth. I mean, geographically, it might make as much sense to align with the Mountain West, but there's not as much value there. So um, I don't know. But, you know, there are already, you know, some some, uh, American teams that are in states that have – you know, uh, leftover Big 12 teams, and so it wouldn't be a complete disaster geographically. Maybe they could make it work. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what I'm seeing. I just don't think there's any way that they can stay with just those eight teams and, uh, and, and be able to have a league that would, um, you know, that would have enough value that they could uh, get a big TV deal. And on top of that, um, you know, all indications are we're heading to a playoff where your your league champion's not going to get in automatically anyway, and so um, so you know there 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 wouldn't be a, you know an incentive to just kind of stay the Big Twelve in the idea that you might have some sort of automatic birth. Brad Edwards with us, Hale Varsity Radio, College Football Insider. Brad, about uh, two minutes here, a quick thought. Okay, Bama's a favorite, and you have A&M that's got some love. Who do you think can challenge or will challenge Bama here? What's uh, Nick got coming back here for, for another repeat opportunity? Well, uh, I would say if Alabama was ever going to be vulnerable, if this was ever going to be a, a situation where they can't just reload with all the four and five stars on the roster, it would seem to be this year just because they had six consensus All-Americans on last year's team. No one has had six consensus All-Americans in a single season since Yale in, in 1909. Okay, that Last year's Alabama team was the first one to do that since then, and they lost every one of them, not a single one coming back. And that obviously includes the quarterback. So you've got a, an inexperienced quarterback um, and very few stars returning. The issue is, as far as who's going to knock them off, is the other teams that are even close to them talent-wise. I mean, obviously, you know, Clemson, Ohio State, they couldn't play them until game 14 at the earliest. Georgia doesn't have them on the regular season schedule, so they can't play them until game 13, SEC championship at the earliest. And even A&M, which A&M's got, you know, got to replace a four-year starter quarterback themselves, but, uh, but A&M, which the last few years has gotten Alabama relatively early in the season, doesn't get them until a little bit later this year. So I just, I mean, outside of Miami in the season opener, I'm not sure there's anyone good enough to even have a chance against Alabama in the, in the part of the season where they're still going to be really inexperienced. So um, I, don't, I think, you know, it, it's going to come down to what it comes down to every year, which is of the most talented teams, who has the best quarterbacks and we're wait and see on how good Alabama's quarterback is. The, the, the reviews have been excellent, but you got to see him do it in the game. Brad, that'll be interesting. I forgot, uh, and I should just get my mind right here, Bama and the U to open things up. That'll be incredible. We'll be geared up for Nebraska-Illinois. 
Wig Zero spotlight, so that'll be all right. And then we're off and running for another season. Real quick, Brad, uh, your book, where can folks get it? Tell them about it. A lot of college football lovers in Nebraska. Yeah, my, my book, uh, Dynasty by the Numbers, which, which really just looks at how much Alabama has dominated the sport uh, since 2008, 2009. Um, the, the, the website um, is going to be launched in the next few days. It's BamaDynastyBook.com. Um, if you go there and it's not open yet, just keep checking back. It'll be up real soon. And then uh, the actual books will be arriving uh, first half, first 10 days or so of, of August. Awesome, awesome. Brad, we'll do this again soon. Thanks for the time today, bud. You got it, Chris. Take care, guys. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here, Hale Varsity Radio, Future 50, uh, with the Warren Academy and uh, Soldier Sports. Uh, talented wideout Bellevue West, you know the program. Davon Hall is with us. Davon, nice to spend some time with you. How's your day been? Uh, it's been really cool. Um, got to finally see all my friends and stuff. So um, it's been really, really chill. So. Yeah, I mean, a little laser tag, a little pizza. Yep. You got the NIL thing. Yep. How's, how's, uh, how was that? Open Doors, incredible company. I know they uh, yes. had a presentation for yeah. you. Um, that was really, really cool to um, see all the ways that you can build your brand and stuff. Um, and uh, that you can, uh, how much money you can make with, through all that stuff. So. That, that just really blow cool. you away. Oh yeah, that, that, that was that it's now a reality. It's it's ridiculous. I think it's I think it's super 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 cool. So so branding is that something that's been on your radar or is it something you're pretty intrigued by? Oh yeah, definitely. I've always wanted that to happen in um, uh, a dream that has finally come true. Um, so um, be, and also bringing back the football game. That uh, <laughs> that's the other thing. Folks yes. are just high fiving about oh, the college football game. Oh yeah, it, oh man. So who's your who's your team in the college football yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. Oh man. See, that's the hard that's the hard part is because I haven't played in for, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think if I do play, it'll probably be like LSU sure. or Nebraska or Iowa. Mm-hmm. So. Well, okay. I mean, and I have to go back, and this was. You're going to, like, get up and walk away. But, like, the last time I, I really gamed was probably 20 years ago. So it was PS2 <laughs> college yeah, football, yo, says yo. the old guy sitting next yeah. to you. But, no, I, I hear you. I mean, I like playing with, with Oregon back then mm-hmm. or uh, Nebraska. They ran the option then, but that yes, was cool. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and once in a while, you, you just – I don't know, Florida State or Miami was cool. But, no, Davon Hall's with us. Uh, we, we got off the uh, yellow brick road here and got into to, uh, yep. college football gaming. Yep. So how has your, your summer been? Tell me about some of the camps you've had a chance to visit. Um, it's been really good. Um, a lot of training and stuff that I've done, a lot of uh, work done with the team. So. Um, so the very first camp that I went to that I remember was Notre Dame. Yes, Notre Dame. I think I'm pretty you, sure you've probably done like 30 camps, right? Well, uh, actually, didn't do that many camps this year because okay. um, just because of um, like, I mean, we haven't we didn't get out all that much because mm-hmm. we had like um, football stuff uh, with the school and stuff, sure, um, sure. and then COVID. So, um, but uh, we went to Notre Dame for a camp. Uh, got to visit that place. We um, went to. 
K-State for that camp, and then we went to Nebraska. And those are the three that I went to. And then we went to um, All-American camp. Mm-hmm. So that one was cool. Um, so what was what was the experience like for you at Notre Dame? Also touch on how how you enjoyed Nebraska and Iowa. Kind of, I'm not asking you to compare, but just kind of what stuck out about each. Um, with Notre Dame, uh, the big campus, their campus was huge. I loved it. It was like it was super, super. Um, like I don't even know how to like explain it. It was just like you've got South super, super Bend, cool. and then you have campus. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all of it's beautiful. It's super, super beautiful. Um. So that's that's what stuck out to me about um, that, and like with the football program, like they are very down to earth. Get get to work, like just um, do what we got to do to um, get you better. So, mm-hmm. um, and then with like Iowa, I went to Iowa Monday, and that was super super cool. I didn't do it. I haven't haven't done a camp there, or I didn't do a camp. So. Um, but it was like more of like an unofficial visit mm-hmm. type thing. It was a junior day um, thing that they were doing. So um, being able to go there and talk with the coaches and um, getting to meet everybody finally because I had only um, talked to them over the phone mm-hmm. and stuff. So that was like really, really cool. Um, and being – so I went like um, one-on-one with, with uh, Coach Ferentz. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was really um, fun uh, to do and got to talk to him in his room. And um, that his room is really really cool. His office is just nuts. oh yeah oh yeah his it, it's super super cool. Um, he has like a um, a desk or an, uh, not a desk like a coffee table in the middle of uh, mm-hmm. the room, and then there's like two couches, and he has this box of like rings and his um, watches and stuff from Bulls, and that that's super cool. He let me hold one and uh, wear one. It was it was really really fun. So. <laughs> Davon Hall's with us, uh, Bellevue West, Tale Varsity Radio, as uh, he's talking about his summer trips, uh, Notre Dame, Iowa, Nebraska camp, and, of course, Xavier uh, down at uh, Nebraska. And, man, he is – I covered him in high school, and I've seen my share of Bellevue West ball games when you guys come down to Lincoln. So it's been fun really following your program. But uh, Xavier's uh, fit in well in Lincoln and done incredible work. And how much contact do you have with him, if any, about his experience down in Lincoln? Um, actually, so I went down there. Daniel and I went there, and uh, we got to meet up with him, and we got to talk with him, and um, we got to uh, see, like, his dorm and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, So that was really, really cool. Um, we text every once in a while just to uh, see how each other are, like, yeah. just um, see how everything's been going. Um, and as of... What I know right now, he really, really loves the program. He he loves everything that's going on there, and I think I think he's going to be um, something really, really um, good this next year for them. So, no, he's a special talent. Your skill set's incredible as well. And you know, as you uh, kind of navigate the recruiting process, who who do you lean on? Who do you talk with? And and have you enjoyed this, or has it been overwhelming? Um, I've actually really, really, really enjoyed this. So. Um, I think that's really um, special and like I'm doing a sport that I love to do and um, I'm really really into sports so um, being able to um, do all this stuff has been very um, very very special and so um, but uh, I might mainly talk to um, Kaden and Micah about mm-hmm. stuff like this and Danny because him and I are going through this together and so um, 
him and I are like um, communicating about stuff a lot of the time. So, well, uh, a thought on the upcoming season, uh, Coach Hoffman and the crew, and you know how the uh, the year looks for you guys uh, in 2021. How excited are you for the season to finally get here? Um. Oh man, it was. It felt like forever doing. Um, or going through the summer and the off season and stuff. So, um, finally being able to get back on track with all this stuff has been amazing. Um, finally being able to get on the field coach was very, very, very excited for our first day of, um, just, um, having competition with each other. So what do you like about coach Huffman? What, what's one characteristic before we say goodbye that, that sticks out to you about him? Oh man, he's, <laughs> so I'd like to say he like, he's funny, and he also tries to be funny, and like he's always down to earth with everything that he does. Um, and he always pushes us, makes sure that um, we are we are um, not like overthinking everything, and like we're um, always just um, together in everything that we do. So um, stuff like um, he says, like if a coach stops um, talking to you or communicating you or pushing you, that means he's moved on, and. I feel like the harder that I work, um, the more that he comes to me about it, stuff like that. So I like that. What, what last thought here? What work, what have you focused on here this summer, work-wise? Um, my speed, for sure. Um, route running, um, remembering the plays, because last year I had a lot of trouble remembering the plays, but this year has uh, been way better. And um, Hey, nice to see you. Of Thanks course. for coming by. Oh, of course. So that's Davon Hall, class of 2024 receiver from Bellevue West. Going to be hearing a lot about him in the coming years. Chris also sat down a little earlier with Max Butenbach, class of 2023 Husker baseball commit from Southeast and also a standout in the gridiron. Back in a tail varsity, the future 50 on the road today. Max Butenbach with us here from Lincoln Southeast. Talented high back, defensive player, and uh, incredible at baseball. Max, how's the, uh, the Wednesday been for you? Good to see you again. It's been good. Been really fun, been really eventful, so. Yeah, tell me uh, part of the, the, the fun that was had. It sounds like you had some education with NIL, yeah. but also you had a chance to bond with some guys you play against, you, you play with, and then kids from around the state. Yeah, so it was really fun to learn about NIL, like get to know that we can kind of start right now a little bit, even though we won't get paid, but we can like start our profile is what they said, like just getting your name out there so when it comes to college it's easier for you and then it was nice talking with all the guys with uh gunner and then maverick and all mm -hmm. of them and getting to know new guys that i haven't met yet mm -hmm. so it'll be fun to play all of them this year yeah well how how excited are you i mean you've done a lot of baseball during the summer obviously and uh, you have uh, football season on the horizon really good southeast squad coming back yeah, it'll be. I'm really excited. Uh, we've had camp, and I mean, so far it looks like we could play a game if we wanted to. Like, we're all like locked in, especially after the heartbreaking season last mm -hmm. year. We're all ready for revenge and come back and make it even farther in state. Hopefully. Sure. Well, what uh, what have you worked on, and what have you have you done? You played a lot of baseball this summer. Have you done any football camps at all this summer? Yeah, I went to Iowa State and Nebraska, and that's been what I've been to. And uh, so far, I've been working on just like getting uh, gaining weight because last year I was a little small for varsity level. Uh, 
So I've just been lifting off, uh, just been lifting and everything else and uh, just working on anything I can do to uh, help the team out. Well, yeah, you played uh, whale of an eye back last year for the Knights. And uh, your buddy Gunner, good a little bit ago, he's done some really nice things on the O-line. As you look at the offense and, and obviously the defensive side of the that uh, side and it, it really could come together. What's uh, what's uh, a key difference you think this year can can have uh, as far as what what could separate this year's team from last year's team? You mentioned you got the revenge thing going. Yes, there's a chip on your shoulder, yeah. but just from a skill standpoint, how much how much of you and the guys gotten better this year? I think it'll help us out a lot, and kind of just having like just knowing what you're doing, kind of mm-hmm. not having that fear factor kind of so yeah and our I think our offense will be really good Mm -hmm. our we got like four of our linemen back from last year so and they're pretty big too so it'll be fun to run behind them yeah I bet Max Buden back with us so tell me about your baseball summer oh it's been very busy so I've been doing prospects this summer so Mm -hmm. we've like every weekend we go somewhere we've been to indiana uh kc georgia all around just so you've been you've been a tour and traveling man yeah seen a lot of new places good yeah it's pretty good uh i'm sure you kept an eye on on husker baseball yeah what'd you think of that this season it was pretty awesome uh Seeing them go pretty far and especially play against Arkansas and get a win under the belt against Arkansas, who was the number one team. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And then just picking up Childress, which yeah. is. Rob, you know, Big Rob's nice. Yeah, a big pickup. But, yeah. yeah. Max Beaton back with us. Max, it's good to see you. We'll you see too. you around again, man. Uh, continued success to you and your great thank family, you. and we'll, we'll be in touch again. All right, thank you. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back with you, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Doug Tavis with us. Dr. Doug, how are you? Doing good, Chris. How are you doing? Good, man. Gearing up for football. Just put a wrap on uh, baseball with Junior's team, and that was a special group of kids and coaches, and uh, kind of turning our attention not only to some football, NFL, and college, but Major League Baseball is, is heating up, and a familiar name on the Jock Doc episodes, unfortunately, Steven Strasburg. Yeah, the guy's, the guy's had his share of injuries. There's no doubt about that. Well, the the new injury, a season-ending neck issue, another frustrating year for the uh, World Series hero and had discomfort in a 27-pitch bullpen session last week, saw a specialist beginning of this week, and you know he's not been right, Dr. Doug, 1-2 and two with a 4.57 ERA and diagnosed with neurogenic 
outlet syndrome. Let me help you on that one. Thank you. Thank you. Please and thank you. <laughs> Neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome. When you see it in the in the literature for people who are kind of looking at it, they'll see TOS, uh, which stands for the thoracic outlet syndrome. Well, tell me about TOS. What's going on with it? Yeah, so uh, this is not a particularly unusual thing for a thrower. It's something we see also in the general population. The nerves that are going out from the neck into the arm come uh, through a fairly uh, limited space. Um, uh, I don't want to use the word tunnel because it's not quite like carpal tunnel syndrome where it's a physical tunnel. Um, but but there's, a, there's an area in the, at the base of your neck and out into the shoulder that's bounded by uh, some of the muscles that are in the neck um, and then also by the upper part of your rib cage. And when um, the nerves are passing through that area, they can uh, get pinched and that can occur as a result of um, either having a um, thickened up muscle layer that pinches against them Sometimes it's the prominence of the bone of the uh, rib cage, and so um, it's uh, if you're as you're reading through things on thoracic outlet syndrome, you'll see discussion about taking out the first rib as an example. So that's that's basically what the what the um, concept is is opening up the space for the nerves to go through. Man. How how involved and invasive is that, and is it a cure-all? I mean, once this procedure happens, say you remove a rib, and uh, should should it work, or is there is there uh, real estate around that that neck region that you can can look at before you go uh, taking somebody's rib? Yeah, and it, and that's exactly right. When you're when you're doing the workup on this thing, there's basically three things that you're looking at. One is, are the nerves being pushed on by something like a bone spur in the neck um, or a herniated disc in the neck? Because that can cause the nerves also to not feel right going down the arm. You're looking at the thoracic outlet syndrome, and then you're also looking at um, a situation where sometimes where blood vessels um, can get engorged and, and uh, choked off up in that area. And so um, all of those can mimic each other, and so you have to look at all of them. And the, the doc that's doing the, um, doing the procedure for Strasburg, he's a vascular surgeon. Um, and so um, the, with all the uh, large blood vessels that are up in that area, these are the guys that are normally working up in that area and, and do these types of procedures. Dr. Doug. So, yes, you're right. It, it is a situation where you've got to rule out a bunch of things. Dr. Doug Davis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. We're talking Stephen Strasburg, TOS syndrome and uh, surgery scheduled for Strasburg. So when it comes to, to recovery, discomfort, kind of getting back to MVP form, what's on the table here for Strasburg, Dr. Doug, with his recovery? Well, you know, Chris, that's a that's a pretty hard one to predict. Um, you know, the the mechanics of throwing. Um, you know, we've talked about it before. There's just so many little things that can uh, 
really change how effective a thrower is. Uh, you know, between his elbow and his shoulder, and the muscles around the shoulder blade, and the nerves coming out of the thoracic outlet. Um, so it's it's a little hard to predict. Um, but in terms of is the surgery itself uh, considered to be a successful surgery predictably? Uh, the answer to that is yes. So to the degree that it really is these nerves that are causing him the symptoms, by relieving the pressure on those nerves, um, it's it's very reasonable to expect uh, improvement in that. And, uh, uh, you know, Strasburg, uh, great, you know, what a great arm. And, and uh, guy knows what he's doing when he's uh, manipulating the ball, so you'd expect that he'd be able to get back to it. From a timeline standpoint, you've got Washington that expects Strasburg to be ready for the start of spring training next year. That's uh, that's big, and he is uh, a big-time workhorse when healthy. The problem's been keeping him healthy between neck issues, because we've done a, a neck issue jock doc on Strasburg before. We, we now know the bigger picture here with the TOS. I know he's had arm issues, has any elbow and, and Tommy sure. John type deal um, and just the, the nerve part of things when you look at the, the pain and feeling shooting down from from neck to arm and and now when it comes to just the, the mechanics here, if you remove a rib <laughs> I mean, yeah, is, the, is there going to be some, some residual really pain? Change, yeah, You know, some of that mechanics but it's it's the first rib that is actually removed and in doing that, um, there, there really is not a lot of connection uh, in the first rib to the, uh, the muscles uh, that are, are really involved in, in the throwing motion. Um, so that's, you know, that's a good thing. Um, sometimes when we do, or when thoracic outlet surgery is done, some of the muscles that um, make up the edges of that um, uh, that outlet. Sometimes those muscles are cut or removed. Now I wouldn't be wanting to do that mm-hmm. uh, in a thrower. Um, I think that that there would be some issues that that could potentially be a problem with that. The other thing about this that makes his return by the spring um, um, a a positive uh, likelihood is because. The way that they've been able to do that surgery um, has really changed over the years, and they're they're able to uh, do it through a fairly limited um, exposure uh, or surgical approach um, at this point, and and that bodes well also. Um, so, uh, the, I think in my mind, the biggest issues that come up with this are really just is this the problem? Or is it, you know, or is there something else that's going on? And there are times in medicine that that you you don't have much choice but to say, okay, this is the most likely problem. We're going to do this, and then if that doesn't work, we go looking for something else. Dr. Doug Davis with us, Dr. Doug. This was fascinating. Thanks for a few minutes today. You bet, Chris. I'm glad Junior had a good year. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
Wrapping up a Friday edition, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal back here in the ESPN Lincoln Studios as Chris packing up his setup up in Omaha, coming back to Lincoln as uh, he's getting himself ready for Husker Fan Day tomorrow down at Memorial Stadium. Uh, Scott Frost, all the players, going to be out there tomorrow. That should be a good time. Going to be back with Hail Varsity Radio uh, tomorrow. But before we get to tomorrow, uh, we do have... You know, just a, a bombshell. I mean, and this has been a week of bombshells from Texas and Oklahoma deciding they want to go to the SEC. Now, ESPN has uh, has gone the legal route. Uh, I guess I should say the Big 12 has gone the legal route with the SEC as they have now sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN claiming that, uh, well, I'll just read it to you. Uh, Dear the president of ESPN, Burke Magnus, it has come to my direct attention that ESPN, the current business partner of the Big 12 Conference, has taken certain actions that are intended to not only harm the Big 12 Conference, but to result in financial benefits for ESPN. Setting aside ESPN's potential involvement in the recent announcement by the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma that they intend to leave the Big 12 Conference in 2025, I'm aware that ESPN has also actively been engaged in discussions with at least one other conference regarding that conference including additional members of the Big 12 Conference and uh, that they would leave the Big 12 Conference. The Big 12 demands that ESPN immediately cease and desist all actions that may harm the conference and its members and that it not communicate with the Big 12 Conference's existing members or with any other NCAA conference regarding the Big 12 Conference members' possible conference realignment or financial incentives related to possible conference realignment. Uh, So the Big 12 is essentially freaking out right now because the ESPN uh, corporate offices have gone and reached out to other uh, other teams i would guess uh that this is most likely kansas and iowa state uh discussing possible moves for them to the big 10 conference i guess we we don't know but we do know that the espn uh corporate is really keeping their own interests at heart as they look uh to get these other teams and other conferences so that you know they can continue to profit off them that's uh, that's the end of the day uh the what espn wants and also let's not forget here espn still has one billion dollars that they are to pay out to the uh the big 12 conference over the next five years uh if the big 12 is able to stay afloat so don't think here that the espn execs aren't looking at this and saying well if we can get the big 12 to just fall apart now that saves us a billion dollars that we can go put in uh to getting tv deals for other conferences so the big 12 obviously unhappy uh at this time they've sent a cease and desist letter uh no response yet from espn uh so we'll most likely get you a uh response to the big 12's allegations tomorrow on the show just a reminder that if you missed any of today's show uh, you can catch it all uh, via the podcast form, which is posted Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, however you get your streaming. Uh, Hail Varsity Radio will be on there. You can also check us out, HailVarsityRadio.com, as well as the Hail Varsity YouTube page and ESPNLincoln.com. Uh, and if you are in the Twitter sphere, you can go check out all the interviews that were conducted today at the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page. That's at ESPN Lincoln. We'll be back in tomorrow, Chris Schmidt, back from Omaha. So we preview uh, the Husker Fan Day and the uh, beginning of Huskers Fall Camp. It's tomorrow on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal signing off. For our local listeners, we've got Salt Dogs Baseball coming up here in about an hour.